Tonight's episode of Legacy Battle is brought to you by Atlas Benefits. Atlas Benefits has solutions for your insurance needs. Atlas Benefits can help you obtain Medicare, health, or life insurance, and employee benefits. You can find them on the web at www.atlasbenefits.com. Or you can contact Rob Ducey or Roy Smith at 727-600-2892 and mention Legacy Battle Podcast. Atlas Benefits has all the solutions for your insurance needs. Enjoy the show. This is Legacy Battle. Make sure you hit subscribe on whatever you're listening on. We're on all sorts of social media and everything now. I am Michael Adams, creator of Legacy Battle. My panelists tonight from the Gridiron Battle Zone, Brian King, Penn State Collegiate All-Star, Kevin Adams, Ball State athlete, Paul Havocott. Our special guest tonight is a former NHL veteran goaltender, played with the Penguins, Canucks, Stars, Thrashers, and Devils. He has two seasons in the top 10 for goals against average and a season in shutouts. He's a two-time three-star award recipient, and he's on the all-time top 100 in save percentage, which there's been thousands of goalies through the years, so that's an impressive stat. And in 2001, 2000 and the 01 season there, he led the Penguins all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, taking out Ole Kolzig, who's been on this show, and Dominic Hasek. So just an impressive run for this man. We got the moose, Johan Hedberg. Johan, thank you for coming on. Hey, thanks, guys. Sorry, I got to mute this. <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem, no problem. So after the debate, we'll have some questions for Johan about his career. Tonight's debate is going to be an inter interesting topic. We're going to be debating the top five European goalies of all time. And we're going to start out tonight, uh, well, let's let's start with Artis Urbe. And Artis Urbe uh, from the nation of Latvia. Uh, he started his career in 1987 with uh, Dynamo Riga of the Soviet Hockey League, and he led the team to the finals during his second season with that club. Um, in 1989 and 90, Urbe was the starting goaltender for the Soviet team. He led them to the gold and the world championships in both years, and in 1990, he was named the best goalkeeper of the tournament. Uh, Urbe started his NHL career in 1991 with the San Jose Sharks in their inaugural season uh, of the NHL. Uh, he, he was there for five seasons. His best year was 1993-1994 when he set the NHL record with the most minutes played in an NHL season with 4,412 minutes. And he also led the league with 74 games played. Uh, he led the Sharks to the playoffs that year, and they upset the top-ranked uh, Red Wings. So that's always a good thing. And he was named an All-Star that season as well. Herbe then spent some, some time with Dallas and Vancouver before going to the Hurricanes in 1998. While in Carolina, he led the team to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2001-02. Uh, he also led the NHL in saves that season. 
in all, Urbay logged uh, 13 NHL seasons. His goals against average was 2.83. Save percentage was 9.06, and he made two all-star appearances. In 2010, he was named to the International Ice Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, Urbay was also remembered for wearing the same exact hockey equipment throughout his career. I mean, this stuff would have um, all kind of marks and creases and everything on it, but he would just roll with it over and over again. And he always had that signature plain uh, white Jofa helmet. And he actually had at one point where he he had done something, damaged the helmet, and he would, he, would, he actually had an ad out in the paper where he was trying to get see if anybody in the area had another Jofa helmet for him because they were they were tough to get at that point. Everybody has all the custom made stuff, but uh, yeah, he was a, just a just a hard working um, lunch pail type goaltender, but uh, kind of flew under the radar. But but a really really great uh, great guy in the net. That upset of the Detroit Red Wings that you mentioned was such a big upset that made our greatest upset show with Darius Kasparitis. That that was huge. I remember that. So, Johan, let me come to you here. Urbe, great goalie. He did have some very poor stick handling skills. Um, you know, how, how much can that affect the team there? And, and, and what are your thoughts on Urbe as a goalie? Well, <clears throat> I think he was a really, really good goalie. I wouldn't say great. Um, I thought he's a great person, though, phenomenal human being, um, very humble, very nice, and it was funny to watch. Like it's, uh, I remember playing against. It was always a good battle, and uh, the equipment manager would come out before the game and put his gear in the corner, his mask and his gloves and his helmet, and he would skate out with nothing on and get dressed in the corner. It was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, for stick handling, for sure, it 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 didn't help him. And for a team with a good stick cannon goaltender, it can really be effective. It, it almost seems like the goaltenders born in, in Canada and the United States are better stick handlers. Does that seem accurate to you? At, at least back in those days, for sure. And uh, I think there was a time when it was pretty equal. And now it's back to... Uh, not a lot of good stick handlers at all, actually. And I think the trapezoid... The the blocking style of play that got started and goals are not as good, I would say, athletes and skaters uh, as they used to be. You still have the Mike Smiths of the world, but there are not too many of them anymore. All right, let's uh, let's move on to uh, Henrik Lundqvist. Henrik Lundqvist uh, is from Sweden, played for the New York, New York Rangers. I've got the picture of him behind me um, co-starring with the Swedish chef uh, for ESPN. So in case anybody's wondering what the heck that is going on behind me, that's for Henrik. Uh, HockeyWriters.com has him as at least uh, the three uh, three greatest goalies of all time. One of the best goalies of his era, retired because of heart issues. So who knows what he could have done um, if he didn't have those plaguing heart issues. Only goalie in NHL history to record 30, at least 30 wins in his first seven seasons, 459 total wins, which is the most of any goalie we're discussing uh, today, and actually sixth overall. He had a 19, 918 save percentage, really, really clutch goalie as he won six straight game sevens in playoffs, which is really an incredible stat. I mean, I, I'd be tired of game seven if I were him with all the pressure, but he was really clutch in the... Uh, the game seven realm. It's a five-time NHL All-Star. Um, won the Vecina Trophy in 2012. 
also nominated another four times besides that. 2006 All-Rookie Team, 2012 uh, First Team All-NHL, 2013 Second All-NHL Team, 2014 uh, All-Star, uh, won the Olympic Gold in 2006, the Silver in 2014, and 2020 All-Time Sweden Team along with five other medals in international competition. In 2014, led his team to the Stanley Cup Finals despite missing seven weeks that season, taking a shot to the neck, uh, with cause, which caused blood clots. So um, he kind of fought through that and still made an appearance. And in, in his total career, he had 64 shutouts. So that's uh, Henrik Lundqvist. So with Lundqvist, he, he didn't get the Stanley Cup. You know, that ring, he, he lost to Jonathan Quick there. In, uh, with the Kings, but he, he took some teams deeper into the playoffs than what they probably should have been. I don't, I don't, I would never look at any Rangers team that he was on and said they were great. I think he made them great. Uh, Johan, I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? He, it just seemed like he never had like the goal scorers in front of him and he still took teams deep. I have the utmost respect for Henrik Lundqvist as a goaltender. I thought he was uh, outstanding. One of the most in- intimidating goalies to play against. Uh, felt like he could stop anything. And he, with his deep style of play, his phenomenal reaction, and his, his head, that was, uh, he's got a great head on him. Uh, I, I really hold Henrik high. And um, we're, uh, he's a good man and a, and a great goalie. Kevin, those Penguins-Rangers playoffs there, those were pretty huge for a while. When they finally got by Lundqvist, they, they won the cup. I mean, was it him that was just stopping them for a few years, in your opinion? Um, no, I mean, no doubt Lundqvist definitely a, uh, is a great goaltender. I, I disagree that he didn't have goal scorers in front of him. I mean, he had Yager, Straka, Gomez, Drury, Callahan. I mean, he had some decent players in front of him scoring goals, so I don't necessarily agree with that. But Yager and Straka were 100 years old by then. Come on, Yager was still putting the puck in the net. He's still playing. What, what do you mean? Yeah. He's still, <laughs> yeah. He's still putting up points over there in the check league. <laughs> but um, now one of my favorite moments, though, is uh, when Lundquist got upset against the Pens and turned around and flipped his goal, uh, the, the net over, because uh, the Pens were, were uh, on a hot streak there against him. But um, nah, not taken away from his play. He's definitely a great goaltender, and he definitely uh, is the reason why the Rangers made it as far as they did in some of those playoff runs. Well, let's move on to the bowling wall. Bowling wall. And before I get to the bowling wall, Johan, I just want you to know that I represented you in one of our other debates. So remember that when we get to the voting, you should be voting for my guy. And also, <laughs> I got a bobblehead here. I got oh, he's, uh, he's trying to buy votes already. <laughs> oh, my God. Go on. Yeah, I showed him my <laughs> I was trying to get him to come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyways, Javi Bolin, yeah, the Bolin Wall, spent the majority of his career uh, with the Jets, Coyotes, Blackhawks, Lightning, Oilers. Uh, he won two Olympic medals, bronze and gold. Uh, he was named best goaltender at the 2002 Winter Olympics. First Russian goaltender to ever win the Stanley Cup, uh, doing so with Tampa Bay in 2004. And he was the only Russian to win the Stanley Cup until 2020. Uh, he was also the only Russian goaltender to start in the finals um, up until then. Uh, he won gold in 92 World Junior Championship as well. So he's got the, the accolades in the international play. Uh, he was selected ninth round uh, in the 92 NHL draft by the Jets uh, in the 93-94 season by the start of the 
uh, season in January. He was playing in the NHL. In 96, he moved with the Jets to Arizona, uh, where he became uh, a Coyote. Uh, in five years with the Jets Coyotes franchise, he started at least 60 games in three of those seasons. Two of them included 70-plus uh, games. That is a lot of games to play. Um, a lot. <laughs> and although the, the team made the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, each of those years, um, I think uh, part of the, their ending in those playoffs was just because of how much he actually played during the regular season. Uh, but after winning the Cup in Tampa, uh, Chicago signed him to a deal, making him the highest-paid goaltender in the NHL because he was that great uh, at the position. Uh, he's also a four-time NHL All-Star. He finishes the uh, NHL career with 46 shutouts, 333 wins, a .907 save percentage, and 2.72 G goals allowed average. He's listed 14th all-time in saves with over 20,000 saves while also facing the 14th most shots uh, of all time. So, I mean, he definitely has uh, a Stanley Cup. He's got some medals. Uh, he definitely deserves to be in the talks here. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, is he the only one that's won a cup that we're talking about today? No, uh, you no. are mistaken. Two cups. Uh, oh, Rass. Yeah. Okay. So, Hasek. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought we weren't talking about Hasek, though, because I thought Hasek was already a shoe in. <laughs> Remember all this? these errors, Johan, when you're making your vote. There's a lot of errors coming from Kevin. I forgot about Rass, but I didn't know we were talking <laughs> about Hasek. Bible or not, he did not do his research. I got a count going here. Got a count so, going. <laughs> so, Johan, uh, you know, Hobby was really good down low, great on the angles, but the knock on his career was fatigue issues. I mean, if you're playing somebody 60 games, I mean, what can you expect? And then he had to go through Camp Torturella all this time in Tampa where, where you know, Torch is just known for wearing his players out. What are your thoughts on that? No, I, I say the most important thing with him for me was, was how many games he, he managed to play at a high level. You know, it wears... 60-plus games is, is a lot of hockey. And and to be able to get up for them all, the focus part, the mental mental part of the game, uh, to play that many games is very, very impressive. And uh, so that's – and he and he was clutch. Like, he had some huge games at the right time. And uh, I remember actually having uh, – when I went to Atlanta, I was Chicago was one of the teams I was talking to at the same time. Bullen wanted to bring me in as his backup, but I ended up in Atlanta instead. Uh, would have been fun to play with him, though. That would have been a nice goaltending tandem there. You could have got that Jennings trophy. Who knows? <laughs> uh, you know what? That year, that year, I don't think Chicago did that well. I think it was kind of when they started going really bad. So probably made the right choice anyway. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Nabokov. So, again, Nabokov, he's uh, Kazakhstanian. I think that's how you say it, and Russian. Um, goalie played for the Sharks, the Islanders, Lightning. Um, he's a rookie of the year in 2001 and a member of the all-rookie team that year. Two-time All-Star, 2008 um, All-NHL first team. So he's got a gold medal in 2008 um, at the World Championships. Spent a lot of years um, with those San Jose Shark teams that were supposed to win the Stanley Cup like every year, but always kind of got – Knocked out by a team they shouldn't have. You know, maybe if they had brought up Johan Hedberg from the minors at that time, they they would have made it all the way through. Who knows? Um, but uh, he also spent he's one season in the KHL before he comes back to the NHL and goes four more years with the Islanders, or three more years with the Islanders, and then a, a year with Tampa Bay. But um, 
He was top five for the Vesna five times. He never did win it, but he was top five five times. So that's that's a pretty nice stat. Um, impressive international record. 13-4 and four with 2.33 goals against average and a 909 save percentage. Um, so he he's not the best goalie on our list tonight. I'm just going to say that straight up. But just one last interesting thing about him. So the Olympic Committee actually, they screwed him in 2002. Um, they wouldn't let him play for Russia because 10 years prior, in 1994, he played in a tournament for Kazakhstan. And because of that, he wasn't allowed to play in the 2002 Olympics for Russia. Um, and then in 2006, they finally give him an exemption and he, and he goes and, and plays on that international level there. So, uh, Johan, with, with Nabokov, he's known for his, his acrobatics, his overreacting, um, and he's had some consistency issues. So <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on Nabokov? Well, you begin and, and me and, Mika Kiprasov kind of came in together with the Sharks, and uh, and he was uh, he was the guy that won it, the one the net. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a really good man. I worked with him in San Jose here for the last few years, and um, impressive impressive physique, like a, and he's kind of an old school goaltender, really good puck handler, strong head on him, really good mental part. Uh, Great reflexes. I don't think there's been a guy ever that can go into a a, a split or a, or a butterfly as quick from straight legs as he has. Like he could stand totally straight and it flip flop down in no time. I usually look at him and say, I don't know how he does that. He, he was super super quick in his strong legs. Impressive guy. Well, let's move on to the dominator. All right, the dominator from the Czech Republic. Spent 31 years as a hockey pro. Uh, 1980, he joined the Czech Extraliga and became the youngest pro player in the history of hockey um, at age 16. He led, he led the team to uh, league titles in 1987, 1989. Also won the league MVP in 87, 89, and 90. Then he goes to the NHL for 16 seasons and, and dominates. He was with Buffalo, Detroit, Chicago, and Ottawa. Um, during his NHL career, I mean, check out this list. He led the league in wins once, saves once, save percentage six consecutive seasons, goals against twice, shutouts four times. He made six all-star appearances. He won three William M. Jennings trophies, six Vizina trophies, and he became the only goaltender with two Hart trophies. Um he is, he's the NHL's all-time leader in save percentage, 922, and he's seventh all-time in goals against, 2.20. Uh, and, you know, Hasek, as great as he did in the NHL, I mean, he was also really, really good in international play as well. Um, in the World Juniors, he led Czechoslovakia to Silvers in 82, 83, and 85. Um, in World Championships, he led his countrymen to the Silver in 83, and bronze medals in 87, 89, and 90. But uh, he was really most impressive in the 1998 Olympics in uh, Nagano. Um, he led the, the Czech team to gold on the strength of a 1-0 shutout that actually went to a shootout. And uh, check out this list that, of guys that he stopped on the shootout. He had to stop Theron Fleury, Ray Bork, Joe Neuendijk, Eric Lindros, and Brandon Shanahan. 
and all that until his team finally scored and they won one nothing. So the Dominator just dominated everywhere, everywhere he went. I don't got to say a whole lot to convince you guys to put him in the top five. I think he's the best that we're talking about today. You know, and he, he was, uh, we'll say, a flopper. <laughs> that seems like a good good way to say it. Uh, I mean, is it Dominic and everybody else on this list? For me, it is. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, there, there's no one that can compete with that. And uh, it was fun to watch. It was intimidating. And like I said, that, that Olympics was pretty crazy. I, anyone remember who scored for Czech to win it? I don't recall now. Was it, it wasn't Dimitri, was it? No, I, I was thinking of Ostraka, but maybe it wasn't. It, since it's a Pittsburgh show, I think maybe probably wasn't them. It doesn't matter. That's a side thing. But uh, no, Dom is probably the best goalie to ever play the game, I would say. And uh, he proved on every level for a lot of teams. And uh, amazing player. And you stared him down in a game seven, man. Good, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't stop a sweep shot from there. It's because right, it's, that's impossible. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's uh, let's move on to uh, Tuka Rask. Tuka Rask is from Finland. He's actually 34 years old and still playing. So it's realistic to think that he could probably be playing for a few more years. 2014 Vezina Trophy winner, two-time All-Star. He won the Stanley Cup in uh, 2011. As a side note, earlier in the show, Kevin Adams mistakenly thought his goalie was the only That's one. That's the backup. That's okay, okay. though. He didn't even play a game in those playoffs. Okay. Anyway, sidebar, back to Tuca, Stanley Cup winner Tuca. 2013 Finn Player of the Year, 2014 NHL First Team, 2014 Olympic Bronze Medalist, 2020, uh, 2020 NHL Second Team, 2020 William Jennings Trophy Award winner. He had a 922 save percentage tied with uh, Hasek. 306 wins and counting. Still one of the best goalies in the league. Very effective. 2.27 goals against average. Second best today. 11th best in NHL history. Owns a lot of, if not most, of the Bruins goaltending uh, records. And if the stats aren't enough, uh, this picture behind me is of a wasp that was discovered in Kenya. And they named it after him. Uh, I'm going to do my best here with pronouncing it. Thermododryanus Tukaraski, and they said that basically they named it after Rask, the rationale being that it's after the goaltender's acrobatic um, and tenacious glove hand. So that's why they felt like the species would be best named after him. So unlike Kevin Adams, who mistakenly thought nobody else won a Stanley Cup, I will say there is nobody else on this list that has an insect named after him. So I don't have a bobblehead or any props, but just keep that in mind when you're when you're doing the vote. And try to ignore Kevin's ignorance from earlier. Go on, Tuka's still going strong. Um, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I, I'm not sure how much you kept up with the playoffs during the, the COVID bubble, when they were all in the bubble there. A lot of people were on Tuka Rask for leaving the bubble and going to be with his family. Other people say he was making the right decisions because that this was during the playoffs. I mean, do you have a take on that at all? I don't think you know, have any take on anything from that season. It's uh, it's a year that was so different from anything that I ever experienced. I think most of you guys and Tuka was in the same boat. Uh, uh, 
I can't blame anyone for any decisions. Um, he probably had his good reasons to to leave. Uh, otherwise, he wouldn't. I mean, he's a competitor. He loves to play hockey, and he's, he's uh, he would do anything to win. So something something significant happened that uh, made him make the decision. I whatever it was, I support him. But uh, I didn't know about that insect. That's pretty sick, actually. <laughs> he's is that true, Paul? Are you making true. that up? It is true. Yeah. Oh. He's 34 years old. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was, we we're actually uh, late on the show Designated Survivor and, and President Kirpin gets the frog named after him. But this is even better. It's an insect. <laughs> Sounds like you just made the list because of this. Yeah, Making a strong cake. Making a strong cake. Which one is the but when? Which one is the insect? Which one is you here? Well, I'm, this is me right here. <laughs> oh, that's and then over here with the wings that looks like the Kevin Adams oh. a little bit. That's the insect. Okay, <laughs> thanks for clarifying. Well, let, let's move on to Kipper Soft. Yeah, Kipper Soft, nicknamed Kipper, Finnish goaltender, played for the Flames and Sharks. He's the 116th overall pick in the fifth round by the Sharks in '95. He also played in the Finnish SML uh, SM Liga League. Uh, that's where he began his career uh, in 94. Um, in 99, he was named the best goaltender and best player of the playoffs as he led his team to the championship in that league. He also played for the Swedish Elite Serian League. Uh, he came to North America. He made two all-star appearances in the AHL um, and then made his debut with the Sharks, uh, where he was mainly their backup. Uh, which <laughs> that's a pretty good backup. Uh, he got traded to the Flames in 2003. Um, and he was their starter. Uh, Johan, weren't you – you were in the Sharks organization with uh, Kip, Kipper, weren't you? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, so uh, he actually, uh, like I said, went to the Flames in 2003, became their starter. He set a modern NHL record for the lowest goals allowed average at 1.69. Um, he helped the Flames reach the Stanley Cup final in 2004. He did win a Vizina Trophy as the best goaltender in the NHL. I um, mean, in, in 2006, along with winning the William Jennings Trophy uh, for giving up the uh, fewest goals in the league. Uh, he made the NHL first all-star team in 2007, uh, and he's the Flames franchise record holder in both wins and shutouts. He finished his NHL career with a 2.49 goals lot average and a .912 save percentage. Playoffs, he finished with a 2.32 goals lot average and a .921 save percentage. Finished with a record of 319, 213, 764. So way above, he had way more wins than he did losses. He had 44 shutouts. Um, international play, he finished with a 1.85 goals allowed average and a .922 save percentage. That's pretty impressive. Represented Finland several times on the international level, uh, earning silver medals at the Ice Hockey World Championships in 99 and 2001, as well as leading the Finns to a second-place finish in 2004 at the World Hockey or I'm sorry, the World Cup of Hockey, and he helped win a bronze medal at the 2010 Winter Olympics. He definitely has a strong case. Uh, that that uh, goals allowed average record, that's pretty impressive. Um, 1.69 uh, for that season, that's that's pretty impressive, and he's got the, the medals in the international level. So Kiprasov started as a stand-up style goalie, and then he switched to butterfly. Were, were you there when that switch was occurring? Were you in the minors with him when that was happening? How hard is it to switch styles like that? I, w I, I can't say that it's true, though. I, I would deny that. Me, Kipper and I played against each other in Sweden before we both of us went over. 
uh, we came the same year to San Jose uh, and played a year together in uh, Kentucky. Probably the funniest man I ever met and one of the smartest men that never got uh, the credit for being smart. People didn't doesn't understand how, how smart he is. Uh, no, he, he, he was, he, I would call it, he was more of a Finnish style. And he was, uh, he, he never changed his style. He, he was, he was who he was from day one. But that was, he was one good goaltender. Wow. That Flames team, they were what, three, it was the third period. They lost that game in game seven for the Stanley Cup against Boland. So he almost had a cup himself. Uh, he yeah. was fantastic in those playoffs. I remember that coming up on a prior show. But um, all right, let's move on to our final goalie tonight. And he's uh, actually the oldest goalie on the list. That's going to be Pelé Lindbergh, Swedish goalie. I'm thinking maybe Johan, this might have been one of the goalies that uh, he kind of, you know, looked up to. Played for the Philadelphia Flyers. He's got a bronze Olympic medal in 1980. And he was part of the only team that didn't lose to the Miracle on Ice team. They got the 2-2 mm -hmm. tie. So it's a nice little stat there for him. Uh, Flyers drafted him there in, in 80. In 83, he's named the, to the all-rookie team. Picks up the Vezina Trophy in the 84-85 season. He's the first European goalie to win uh, that the Vezina, which that's something he'll – that's bragging rights for forever. Um, let's see. He's also uh, NHL first team that year, all-goalie. All um, he, he just had an incredible 84-85 season. He led the league in games played with 65, wins 40, saves 1,732, shots against, minutes, goalie points, shares, and goals saved above average. So he pretty much led in every category there was that year. Um, he was an all-star, and he finished third for league MVP that year. So he was only 26, sadly, November 10th, 1985. At that age of 26, he's in a fatal car crash, um, didn't survive. The fans voted him into the All-Star game there in 86. I think he, the 86 season, I think he played maybe 10 games that season before this all occurred. Um, he's the first player in any sport to be voted into an All-Star game posthumously. Wasn't done again until 2008, uh, Sean Taylor Pro Bowl. Uh, so quite an honor there. Um, but just to end it on a good note, he had donated all his organs, including his heart. So he, he lives on today because of that. So, Johan, I mean, this career ended way, way too early. Uh, sad from that standpoint. But I, I have to imagine that a lot of the goalies that we saw come after him, that he might have been the guy that they, they look to as the example as far as getting to the NHL and being a star. Oh, for sure. He was, uh, he was one of my idols. And... Uh... It was it was hard to get any good uh, TV or pictures and stuff from the NHL those days, but anytime it would be anything in the papers, I'd be all over it. And you're very, it's uh, one of the guys I really try to follow and copy as much as I could from. And then uh, remember that terrible day. It was not a fun. It was not a fun newspapers to open up that day. So yeah, terrible. But, um, it would have been interesting to see what they would have done with him and Hexall as a tandem. That, that could have been very interesting there. So well, let's uh, let's move on to our vote tonight. Everybody will pick one. Paul, you're in my top left corner. Well, I'll get Brian's out of the way, the dominator out of the way. We know he's going to be on there. So that's my pick. Okay. 
I'll go next. Uh, I've been debating all night between uh, Lundqvist and, and Tuka Rask. I, I think Lundqvist is the better goalie. Rask does have that cup, and Rask is still going, so I think he might even catch him in the numbers. But for now, it's Lundqvist, so I'm going Lundqvist. Brian. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go hobby bowling. I mean, there was a, a good period of time there when he was hot, and he was like unbeatable. So, I'm gonna go with him. Kevin, I'm gonna have to go. I I don't want to go for it, but I'm gonna have to go for it with Rask. Yeah, that's a smart choice. Finally, finally, he says something smart. <laughs> that's. I don't think yep. he should. I don't. I can't vote for my own. Unless I put Kipper in. No, oh, Yon. Yep. Johan, you got the final vote. You got Irve, Kippersoft, Lindbergh, and Abakoff left. Who are you taking? I got the funniest guy I ever played with, Kippersoft. Kippersoft. All right, there it is. So tonight's top five for the European goalies of all time. We got the Dominator, of course, Dominic Hasek, Nikolai Javi Bolin, the Bolin Wall, Mika Kippersoft, Tuka Rask, and Henrik Lundqvist. Nice job, boys. Let's move into our Q&A. And, uh, Paul, you got first question. Yeah, Johan, I read some of your quotes uh, 10 years ago uh, when the Thrashers relocated to Winnipeg, became the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, you had some strong quotes on that, and I wondered, looking back 10 years later, do you still feel the same way about that relocation? And, and what's something that you could comment on that, you know, fans of both cities, the, the one that received and the ones that lost, may not know about that relocation that, that you'd be willing to share? Well, I can't exactly remember the words I said, but I'm pretty sure it was uh, something going with the Lions that it was was a shame that team lose that city losing a team. Uh, I, I really think Atlanta could have supported a team with an ownership in order and with people pulling in the same direction. Uh, I think they could have been a good place to have a hockey team. Um, it's a big city. When we played well, when the fans were, it was a loud building. It was a fun building to play in, and. Uh, but it, from day one, from I came there, I think even earlier, there was there was always disputes between the owners and uh, couldn't make it work, unfortunately. I mean, I, I'm happy with Winnipeg. I spent time there too, and they deserve to have their team. But um, at the same time, I, I think Atlanta could have supported one. I, I doubt they're going to get a third chance, but it was a big enough city with a lot of uh, hockey interest. But they, they should have built up the grassroots. That's what they where they missed out, I think, uh, they should have put 15, 20 rinks in around in the little towns around Atlanta to really get the kids playing and uh, build the grassroots program up. I think they should have been fine. So I want to ask you, when you were in Manitoba, you were playing with Ken Reggett. Ken Reggett was on our show. We, we debated you, and he had mentioned that you actually apologized to him when the Penguins chose to trade for you as opposed to taking him back. That just shows what kind of character you have. So I was just wondering, did he maybe help your career in any way? And and what advice did he give you going into essentially what was going to be a playoff team with your first NHL action? Well, I did. we spent a lot of time together that year. And uh, he was always telling me about his experiences in Pitt and about his house and his friends he had back there. And his friends would come and visit on the road. And um and that I end up living in that house, renting it from him, hanging with his friends. So a lot of, lot of fun things happen. But uh, the one thing I remember him saying uh, was during a game, sec after the first intermission, I'm playing, he's backing up, and he goes up to me, he looks a bit deep in the eye and says, you know what? You do what I say. 
you don't do what I do, okay? So I was, uh, I was playing a little old school and says, no, 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 you, you don't do what I do. You, you do what I say. So that's, I took that to heart and you know, stick to my plan. Brian, go ahead. I've always wanted to ask you this. When, when you first heard the Pittsburgh crowd chanting moose, did, did you think it was, did you think it was booze or, or did you realize what the connection was? And also, always wanted to ask what what was the reasoning why why you decided to go away from the moose helmet and and, and go to a, a you know penguin style helmet? Um, no, I did not hear it was moose. It, it took me the full game, and I, I didn't get it. I had to shout out that game, and I was like, why are they booing every time I get it? <laughs> and uh, it was just maybe the last couple of minutes of the game. I started thinking like, oh, maybe it's something else. So yeah, it took me a while. Uh, why I went away from you, I kept the moose for the rest of the, my career on there in different shapes. I took the blue away. I, you know, I, I was never a guy that wanted to stand out and, and be more than bigger than team. Uh, so I want to blend in and I didn't want to create any more fuzz about myself than was already there. So I, I kept the moose as a charm and it came up in a lot of different, different ways over the years. And the, he ended up uh, my last mask in, in New Jersey. He was he was old and crappy at his stick and was almost blind. Plan was the next year is going to foot in the grave, but that ended up being my last year. So, Kevin, go ahead. So I want to take you to that same season when you came over to the Pens. You immediately get thrown into into that situation and in, in, in that and you went seven one and one. I think it was in your first nine games there. And then, like uh, Mike had said, um, you know, taking us into the playoffs, uh, you faced Kolzik, Hasek, um, to get us to the Eastern Conference Finals. What was going through your mind uh, coming over to the Penguins, being traded, you know, the, traded for, and getting thrown into the mix right away? Uh, that was the season, you know, Lemieux came back. Uh, so there were some high expectations that season. Um, and I know Yager was – I think I read Yager was a big support for you. He said – you know, if you give up seven, don't worry, I'll score eight. <laughs> so how was, how, how was it coming over that season, getting, you know, traded for it and uh, getting thrown into that situation? He scored zero that game. We lost one nothing. <laughs> uh, you know what? It was a dream coming true. Uh, it was, everything was surreal. Uh, I remember coming back from the road trip uh, with, the, with Manitoba back to Winnipeg and uh, it was trading deadline and uh, – Randy Carla calls me over and, and uh, tells me to call San Jose and told me I was traded to Pittsburgh. I says, what am I going to do there? Am I going to Wilkes-Barre or no, 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 you're going there to play. And the next night I was backing up against the Islanders. And then I played two nights later against Florida and back to back against Tampa. It was like in all I wanted, all I ever dreamt about was just give me a chance to play. And I want to prove that I can do it. And, uh, and there it was, and everything, like you said, happened. Mario came back with an unbelievable Group of forwards, especially with the Kovalev, Straka, uh, Lang, Stevens, you name it. We had a, we had some good people on that line in that team. So I was in clouds for for about whatever three four months that that season lasted. You mentioned that first game against the Panthers. That was the one where Bure got the breakaway twice in the first period, wasn't it? I was asked uh, by a reporter in the morning. He said, "You know that Bure is going to have three breakaways tonight, don't you?" Says no, I don't. But I guess I do now. <laughs> ten, 
10 minutes in, he scores one nothing on the breakaway from the red line. Deeks is hard, his back can a little soft between, between the legs, five hole, one nothing. Then I stopped on the other two. So he ended up with three breakaways, but I had, he scored one, I stopped two. So but the reporter was right. That, that's pretty good on the on the Russian rocket there. So I'd yeah. take yeah. that any night. Paul, go ahead. Oh, you went from player to coaching. And so whenever I see that with one of our guests, I always wonder if you ever channel, you know, a particular coach, if there was one in your past that had influence to kind of make you want to go into that. Was there a one or two particular coaches you kind of channel? You know what? It's, uh, it's I never had the idea of thinking of being a coach. Uh, it kind of happened as a fluke. But uh, there's all, every coach I had has influenced me in, in a way or another. I think as a goalie coach, the guy I was uh, meant to, using most uh, was Warren Strelo that we that brought us all up in San Jose and with Kiprasov, Toskala, Nabokov, myself. Uh, he was our kind of our main mentor together. And then uh, for my coaching style now, I'm currently I'm the head I'm the head coach in Swedish second tier and. Uh, I work with Pete DeBoer. I play for Pete DeBoer, and uh, he's probably the one that influenced my coaching style the most. The way he worked, the way he prepared, the way he sees the game. Uh, so I'll say those two are probably the biggest influence I have. Kevin, go ahead. So you had a stint in uh, New Jersey. So what was it like playing behind uh, Brodor and and working with him? It was great. You know, the whole New Jersey experience was awesome. Uh, playing for Lou Lamorello was, was great. One of the, men, the people I, rec I respect the most, not only in hockey, but in life. I think he's a tremendous human being. Uh, me and Marty were obviously really been on the older side playing together. He was 40, I was 39. So we had a, but we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of uh, shared interests and, and just to pick his brain and, and uh, the guy I played against a lot over the years, but also kind of looked up to. So it was fun to see and fun to talk to. <coughs> so we'll get you out of here with this. The, the lockout back in uh, 2005 to four five there, you know, what were your thoughts after the lockout with the rule changes? How did it change goaltending, like how you approach things? Obviously the trapezoid was thrown in there. I mean, so how did it change how you played goalie? Was it that early? Maybe it was. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's such a long time ago. I can barely remember. You know, I actually had a tough. Uh, I came back uh, the year after lock. I went to Dallas. I I think I recall. And uh, the year before, when I got traded from Pittsburgh to Vancouver, I had to kind of change my style of play a lot. Uh, I had a new goalie coach with Ian as Ian Clark, and he he wanted to change my game around quite a bit, and that ended up being a really tough year in Vancouver. But uh, I think I benefited from, from down the road for you know, staying in the league for a long time by adapting to the new style. Uh, but um, as for the trapezoid, obviously, I, I like to play the puck. I thought it was fun. I think it's, I still think it's wrong that it's there. I think it limits uh, the skill of an athlete, which I think is something we want to put forward and, and put in the spotlight. Now we're taking away something. It's like you're putting a little, 
circle in the in the left face of dog for Ovechkin. You cannot stand there. You're too good at it. So you know, not <laughs> being that spot, you know, I I don't see that being right. So, uh, but now I can't I can't really remember if I changed anything because of that or rule changes. But uh, they started cracking down our equipment, making it smaller, and which I which I think is right. I think it's more fun to watch a goalie being an athlete than being a goalie being just a big block. Thank you to Johan Hedberg for joining us tonight. Got, we got the moose on. Add that mm-hmm. list to, to the list of former Penguins we've had on. Uh, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Uh, just real quick, can you tell us what, what you're doing now, who you're coaching for? I am coaching at Mora IK in the Swedish Allsons, kind of the second tier. And it's a classic team that's been trying to make it back up to the Elite League. Uh, it's been a rough start so far. Uh, we're I think we're in 11th place out of 14, so we're, we we got some ground to make up. But um, team's been looking good, so we, we just need some scoring here, a little bit of luck. We should be fine. Well, good luck on your, your coaching endeavors. Everybody who's been watching, make sure you hit subscribe tonight. Thank you for joining us.